Welcome to Taking Notes with NextGen Venture Partners, where we have interesting conversations with entrepreneurs and innovators in the NextGen investing ecosystem. I'm your host, Dan Mindis. We hope you enjoy the discussion. My guest today is Vinayak Renati, founder and CEO of Drafted, which offers software to HR departments uh, to help fill open positions uh, by empowering their employee base to go out and find referrals for the company. NextGen Venture Partners is an investor in Drafted, and um, it's a somewhat counterintuitive investment in that this is something people have tried before, and it's failed many times. It's also difficult to to sell into uh, HR departments. Generally, budgets aren't that big. They tend not to move terribly quickly. But like all next-gen venture partners investments, we did this because we think there's a company that's going to win its market. And it's early stage. And so, of course, there are no guarantees in life. But what Vinayak and Drafted has done, uh, we think is really special. And we think as they continue to grow their customer base, um, they're doing something important in the world. Referrals are a very powerful mechanism for filling positions faster, filling those positions with employees who are likely to stay longer, get promoted faster. Referrals can also be a powerful method of uh, improving the diversity of an employee base if done right. Um, and Drafted has created many tools to do that. And finally, of course, referrals are a great way for individuals to find the job that's best for them. Uh, so we think this company can be incredibly successful over time, can do some great good in the world um, with Vinayak's leadership. I think it's a fascinating conversation. Uh, and without further ado, here it is. Vinayak, thanks so much for spending time with me today. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. Uh, really excited to be here. I'm pumped. Me too. And, and let's take that energy and talk about the origins of Drafted. What's the founding story? It all started when I was about to graduate college and I was about to actually take a job in New York working at a hedge fund. And one of my friends, who was also an MIT alumnus, introduced me to her friend, Paul, saying, hey, you have to meet Paul before you take this job. And so the next morning, I met Paul English, who at the time had started a company called Kayak in Boston, who convinced me to essentially abandon all of my plans and make a completely life-changing decision to join Kayak instead. This was the first time in my life that a introduction and referral at a timely place completely changed the course of my entire career. Over the course of my time at Kayak, I did a bunch of different jobs, including being the director of engineering for all mobile products. And the second job, which I kind of like to call my shadow job, was running a lot of the recruiting operations for the company. So I was doing everything from going to career fairs, sitting down with individual people, looking through their LinkedIn networks to find people that they know to hire, standardizing the interview process, you name it. I did pretty much every part of the recruiting and talent function at Kayak while I was working there. And I realized something that sounds really obvious but I think a lot of people don't lend enough credence to, which is that referrals are the best way to hire. All of our best hires came from me sitting down with people, going through their connections and saying, hey, should we hire this person? Why or why not? And then going and grabbing coffee with them. The crazy part to me was that neither Kayak nor any other company that I had ever heard of actually spent any money or time systematizing this best strategy for hiring. People would spend money on their applicant tracking system. They would spend money on headhunting agencies. They would spend money on doing ads for jobs. But they wouldn't really spend any money or effort or kind of company focus on getting more referrals. Sure, you might have a referral bonus here and there, which is, you know, hey, we're hiring. If you, if you refer a friend that gets hired, you get 5000 bucks or something like that. But it wasn't really something that was top of mind for people. And that really stuck with me. 
when I left kayak, I was kind of wandering around, figuring what, figuring out what to do. And I had conversations with probably about a dozen different founders and CEOs at companies. And I would ask them all the same thing. What's your number one challenge? And they would all say, we need to hire more people and we need to hire better people. And so to me, this is kind of how the genesis of Drafted happened is I realized that the biggest and the best strategy for hiring, which was referrals, was being completely underutilized at pretty much every organization that I could think of. That kind of motivated me to figure out if there's a way to use software to solve the problem. And that's how we got started. And I want to talk about Drafted and the software you've built. But first, I, I feel like I have to ask, what did Paul English say in that meeting? to convince you uh-huh. to, uh, you know, uh, abandon the deeply fulfilling and, and world-changing life <laughs> of, of a hedge fund analyst uh, and, and instead uh, become an engineer or kayak? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. At least in our first meeting, I think the thing that blew me away was how fast-paced he was and how, how much he cared about the people on his team. And, and the first thing he actually did was convince me to go and meet the rest of the team. And that was actually his secret weapon. I really fell in love with Kayak at, at the end of my first day of interviews uh, when I met a bunch of the, the future executive team at Kayak, who at the time were various levels of engineering managers. I walked out of that interview thinking, man, these people are so smart and so awesome that they could literally be doing anything in the world. But instead, they all chose to take pay cuts, work in Concord, Massachusetts, and, and get together to save on travel fare for people. And to me, this was like kind of odd. But also, it taught me something that has stayed with me ever since then, which is that the people that you work with are the biggest reason to go somewhere to work. And so I, so I chose Kayak because of the people over everything else. And the software you've built, you know, leverages people, right? It engages with people. It facilitates this natural, but as you say, underutilized you know, method of recruiting, which is, uh, you know, the, the contacts of the existing employee base. So, so tell us how it works. What's the user experience uh, drafted. So to get the intuition for what the user experience is, let's go to something that everyone has definitely experienced, which is some kind of referral program from an employer, which is, hey, refer a friend and make some money. Usually when that happens, the company has 100 different open positions and you as an employee are trying to figure out who you could refer and you have, let's say, a thousand connections on LinkedIn or you have uh, you know, a couple of thousand people in your network. And you think, well, there's a hundred open positions and a couple of thousand people in my network. How the heck am I going to figure out which of these people are going to match to which of these jobs and then reach out to the right people and get them into the system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's a, that's a lot of work. So usually what ends up happening is you just say, you know, screw it. Uh, I don't, you know, and, and you just refer your best friend and you call it a day. <laughs> what Drafted does is we add intelligence on top of all of that. And we actually build out a graph network for every company, right? So, so if, you're, if you have a 100-person company and each person has 1,000 connections, that's 100,000 people, right? So we build, a, we, we build a graph database of those 100,000 people. We connect into your HR or ATS system and pull on your job info. We use our matching algorithm to match the open positions to the people in your company network. And then we give the recruiters a curated list of which introductions to ask for specifically from specific people. So instead of just saying, hey, please refer someone, there's a bonus, you can actually go and say, hey, Dan, I saw that you know Chris, and he looks like a great fit for our new head of business development position. Would you be willing to make an introduction? And then that makes it super, super easy for the average employee at a company to just quickly say yes or no. And it makes the number of referrals that are high quality for any company go through the roof. 
And just uh, on the sort of human element of it, do you find best practice is the request, the, the request comes from HR to the employee and the employee just makes a referral to HR? Or are you trying to, you know, are you trying to ask the employee to do what Paul English did for you, which is, you know, don't <laughs> just throw me over the wall to HR, but convince me? Right. Great question. And the answer to this is a little bit complicated because there's, there's many different ways that referrals happen in real life. There's no one singular like referral workflow that is the silver bullet introduction and referral workflow. Like sometimes you meet someone at an event and you feel like referring them. Sometimes you're browsing your LinkedIn or you're browsing your phone contacts and you say, oh man, it's like, I haven't talked to this person in a long time. I wonder how they're doing. Maybe I should talk to them, catch up and potentially bring them into the company. Sometimes it's initiated by your friend who comes to you and says like, hey, I'm looking for a new job. Can you refer me? Sometimes it's initiated with the recruiting team and the recruiting team is like, man, we really need to fill these positions and we need your help, right? Sometimes it's your manager. And so there's all these different workflows that happen um, from a social point of view. And so our objective is to try and support all of them, right? So, so it doesn't matter whether you're a recruiter that's trying to get feedback about a potential candidate or an introduction to a potential candidate, whether you're a candidate that's trying to get an introduction to a recruiter or whether you're just, you know, you're just an employee who really wants to help your team hire. We try to support each one of those with the same kind of network and matching intelligence that we use across the board. Does that, does that answer your question? It, it does. It does. And, and I should mention, you know, we at Next Venture Partners are very pleased to be investors uh, in Drafted. One of the objections we had to overcome when thinking about a possible investment was that HR generally doesn't have huge budgets for technology. And so, you know, in order to kind of get around that, I think you need a really powerful power, uh, value proposition that your head of HR mm-hmm. can take to the CEO, the CFO, and buy, you know, software that's, you know, not going to be $5 per HR user <laughs> per month. So how do you help your customer in HR justify, you know, the, ex- the expense? Great question. So in order to understand that, we kind of should look at how hiring works today, and, and then we can figure out how hiring works tomorrow in the world where everyone's using drafted. So today, you know, companies spend on hiring is generally split between headhunters, job boards, and a few other things. Now, if you look at all the different kinds of sources of hire, referrals outperform every single other source of hire when it comes to converting candidates into hires by a factor of seven. So if you're looking at a referred candidate, they're seven times more likely to actually get the job than any other source. So this means that in order to produce one hire, the number of referrals you need is much, much lower than the number of candidates you would need from any other source. This is going to save you time on interviews. It's going to save you time. It's going to save you money on headhunting fees. It's going to save you money on job ads. And the best part is the person that's coming in, you know, according to uh, a lot of studies, especially a good one done by the New York Fed on the U.S. labor market, we can see that referrals actually also continue to outperform other employees after they get into the company. They're more likely to stick around. Their retention is higher. They, they quit less often. They're more likely to, to, to have above average performance in the company. And they also oftentimes go on into better and better career positions within the company, right? So they graduate within the company faster. And so if you're trying to cultivate the best hires and the best talent for your team, then referrals outperform all of these. And so the ROI is kind of obvious, right? I mean, even if you just look at a single hire, if you're paying a headhunter, it's going to be, you know, $20,000, $30,000 per hire. Whereas if it's a referral and your referral bonus is $3,000, you've already saved seventeen grand on that single hire. 
You mentioned in that answer at, at the outset, a world where everyone is using drafted. You know, obviously 100% market penetration is a, a worthy goal and, and a long-term goal. Not probably not going to happen overnight. You know, what are the other long-term goals here? Kind of how do you see the future of drafted and of employee referrals beyond paying you for your software? When we started drafted, we didn't just have this idea about building an enterprise referral workflow software with some intelligence on it. Our vision is to build a new kind of professional network. So if you think about how social and professional networks have evolved, you know, in, in the social networking world, you had Facebook that was like the big behemoth that was followed by Instagram and WhatsApp and Snapchat and Tinder and all these other social networks that grew from a single use case, right? So you go to Instagram for photos, you go to WhatsApp for messaging, you go to Tinder for dating. You can do all of those things on Facebook, but you still use these other apps because they're purpose-driven. They're much more focused. If you think about the professional networking world, that hasn't really happened, right? You have LinkedIn and maybe uh, maybe Xing in, in Europe now that are kind of the, the behemoth networks, but you don't really have these special use case-focused networks. And funny enough, you know, people have tried to make like a professional version of WhatsApp for messaging and things like that, but, but they kind of missed the mark because the special use cases in professional networking are different than social ones. We believe that referrals are the single most valuable use case in professional networking. I mean, you can see that because, you know, 55% of the United States is hired, you know, get, gets hired for their first job through referral. 30% of all hires come through referral, et cetera. And, and, if you, and if you're able to focus on this single use case and nail it, then you actually have the opportunity to build a new kind of professional network that's focused entirely around this, right? So at any given point in time, you're either a job seeker, an employee, or a recruiter, right? Because you either don't have a job, you're a job seeker, have a job, employee, or you're hiring. And, and so what we're doing touches all these three people. So if we do it really well, we're actually going to have the beginnings of a new kind of professional network, which then opens up all new possibilities, right? I mean, introductions and referrals are forever, right? They permeate every single part of business, whether it's hiring, sales, investing, or whatnot. And so our dream is to build a professional network, which is the best place to give and get introductions, no matter what your business is, whether you're a recruiter, whether you're a salesperson, whether you're a job seeker, or, or so on and so forth. So I, I'm remembering back to a business school professor of mine who wrote an academic paper when LinkedIn was a relatively new phenomenon, making mm -hmm. the case that LinkedIn was essentially a way to be permanently looking for a new job without <laughs> uh, tipping off your employer that that's what you're doing. Now, this was, this was a long time ago, mm -hmm. and I remember him, him complaining that the top journals had rejected the paper, but it nonetheless you know, seemed like a, a fairly sound point to me. And I guess I, you know, I'm, I'm curious how that might play out with this, this long-term idea of a sort of professional kind of recruiting network. Would just being on that make your employer say, you know, what the heck is going on here? It's like almost like uh, <laughs> your employer finding, you know, you at a coffee shop with you know, a headhunter. You know, that's really interesting to think about. And one of the things that we think about a lot is how is the next generation of networks going to be different than the prior generation of networks? And I believe that in, in our world, we're building a few different kinds of networks at the same time, right? One of them, one of them is a business side network, right? And it's a network of companies, it's a network of recruiters, and it's, a, and it's internal company networks as well. On the other side, in the future, of course, you want to build networks of individuals who are going to then connect to these companies. And so the problem with something like LinkedIn is you have a single presence on LinkedIn, whether you're a recruiter or a job seeker. And so it's natural that your employer might be worried. You know, when, when we go and work with companies, we're not giving their employees all job seeker tools. 
right? We're only focusing them on helping the company with referrals. Now, by doing that, we have a brand, right? So if we have a product that you can also use when you're in, you know, quote unquote, job seeker mode, then you can, of course, come and sign up for that second part of our service too. And we'll be able to give you a better service because we have some history about who you are and what you've been doing. That doesn't mean that it's the same product. It just means that it's the same platform. And so, so by keeping some separation kind of, of of church and state almost between people who are looking for a job versus companies that are hiring, it allows us to provide every individual company with a company level personalized service that's limited to their company network, while also being able to serve individuals on the other side when we build those tools. Now, as you think about building out that giant network, you know, obviously that has value in its own right. I could also imagine seeing it potentially as a hedge uh, against a different kind of labor market, one where you know, the competition for, for talent might not be as intense as it is today. Do you see it in that light or do you think that sort of core or the original product that, that you have in the market today, you know, helping employers uh, find great, great new employees is kind of recession proof? I think that the strategy of referrals is recession proof. The exact way that the workflow works in the product may not be. So referrals are useful for kind of three different things. They're useful for identifying talent, they're useful for, for evaluating talent, and they're useful for closing talent, right? Depending on whether it's a candidate's market or an employer's market, one of these three things becomes more important, right? So if it's a candidate's market and there's, and there's not enough talent to go around, then closing the talent is actually one of the hardest parts of your hiring process. And referrals help with that because your friend's going to try and convince you to come and join their company. Whereas if it's a employee's market where there's not that many open jobs and too many people to, to fill them, then as a candidate, you're trying to get a leg up. Now, if you're a savvy candidate, you know that getting a referral is going to increase your chances of being hired by a factor of seven. And so if you're not getting a referral to a company through your network to get hired, then you're literally you know, seven times less likely than the next person to get that job. So I think from a referral standpoint, as a mechanic, I think it doesn't matter which side of the recession you're on for that. One of the question marks around referrals as a strategy for hiring is, are you perpetuating historical inequalities? If you've got a company that disproportionately has white men there, are their referrals going to be other white (laughs) men? Curious how you've seen that play out. As someone who grew up in India and, and came to the United States to go to college when I was 17, uh, I, think, I think about this uh, quite a bit. I have a, I have a brilliant sister who made sure that uh, ever since childhood, this was something that I would always think about. And here's my observation, which happens to be backed by a bunch of studies, including Freda Kapoor's Tech Lever study, amazing study, you should check it out, is that the reason that referrals tend to perpetuate the existing demographic is when they're not thoughtful if they're kind of top of mind referrals. So when you just go and go to someone and say, hey, who do you know? They're likely to think of the two or three immediate people that, that are most likely to look and smell like them, right? Whereas if I come to you and I, and I say, I've already gone through your network and I found the five people that you didn't think of that weren't top of mind, that maybe, maybe you went to high school with one of them, maybe you worked with one of them a couple of jobs ago and they were in a different department and you didn't actually think of them first. That allows me as a recruiter to have power over how to focus your referral capabilities on the people that I need to hire. That is really, really important. That actually helps with finding people that would traditionally be facing biases and combating those biases by getting them more referrals. 
right? So the popular notion that referrals are bad because people refer people like them, I think is like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. The right way to think about it is how can we use referrals to change the situation? How can we use referrals to solve the problem instead of worrying too much about how it's going to perpetuate the problem? So there's a few ways to solve it. The first one that's proven by a bunch of studies is actually offering a referral bonus for underrepresented minority referrals. That is proven to have a larger impact on company diversity than, uh, than hiring a consultant, than uh, appointing a chief diversity officer, or doing unconscious bias training for your workforce. That single, just, just simply introducing a referral bonus, more impactful, higher ROI than literally any other strategy. The second thing to think about it is, if, you, you know, if we believe that people are more likely to refer people like themselves, then go ask other people. Like, it's very simple, right? If you don't want, your, if you don't want to stamp out duplicates of your employees, just go ask other people, right? Ask people outside your company, involve your community, go to your friends and your family and your advisors and your investors and your customers and your Twitter followers and ask them for referrals too. Why don't more companies do this? Because it's really hard and it's really annoying and it's really difficult to manage and scale. We help with that. We have a product called Drafted Communities, which allows you to get referrals, not just from inside your company, but also from outside your company so that you can actually grow your talent networks beyond what's, you know, who's working there. That helps with diversity too. So, I mean, the, the point I'm trying to make is that there's tons and tons of ways to use referrals as a tool to your advantage, right? Referrals is just a tool. It's how we use it that's going to determine whether it's going to improve the situation on diversity and inclusion or not. Vinayak, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Taking Notes with NextGen Venture Partners. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. To learn more about us or to hear all of our past podcasts, please go to nextgenvp.com. And now for some important disclaimers. The information contained in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to purchase any securities. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Any performance or projections contained herein may be significantly affected by future events. Any opinions, assumptions, assessments, statements, or the like regarding future events or which are forward-looking constitute only subjective views and beliefs, should not be relied on, and are subject to change due to a variety of factors, including fluctuating market conditions and economic factors.